Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. Hello again, everybody. This is No Church Answers, a weekly roundtable where our panel of regular Christian guys, we're not pastors, we're not preachers, we're not even clergy. We open the Bible and talk about Scripture and how we apply it to our everyday lives. We hope you can identify with us. And in our studio, we've got our stalwart panelists. He's a corporate trainer, a resident theologian without portfolio, and that's why we call him the professor, Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Hey, everybody. And uh, keeping us on the straight and narrow, he's a retired attorney and prosecutor, but he's still taking names. He's the judge, Michael Cropper. (laughs) Mike. And I'm Steve Titch. Uh, They call me the gambler because in addition to producing this podcast, or maybe because I produce the podcast, I've been accused of playing poker at a somewhat serious level. Uh, I'll be the acting host for this podcast. This is number 271. I'm filling in for our regular host, Bill Cox, who is tending to some caregiver responsibilities. He might join us later. We hope to see him, but we're, we're, we're moving on. Um, now, for the past several weeks, we've been talking about prayer and looking at some specific scriptures about it. We've been using the study guide from GC2 Press called Prayer That Moves Heaven, and we've been somewhat bouncing around in it. And this week, we're going to look at a section of scripture that most people think of when the topic of prayer comes up. And that, of course, is the Lord's Prayer. And had I looked through our study book more extensively, I would have made this the first or second podcast we would have done in this series. But but we're guys, and we don't open the manual until we absolutely have to. After we have extra parts, (laughs) usually. So the Lord's Lord's Prayer, it it actually appears in two places in the Gospels. In in Luke 11, chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, which we're going to look at here, Jesus appears to be talking only to his apostles. In Matthew 6, 9 through 13, he's speaking to the gathering at the Sermon on the Mount. They are essentially the same words in both sets of verses, although there are a few more phrases in Matthew, which we will look at as we go through this. So in Luke, the passage is introduced by a request from the apostles, who, after observing Jesus in prayer, ask him outright, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, we can assume the apostles, being good Jews, had a prayer life. Jews, by command of the law, prayed three times a day, and before and after meals, and even on special uh, feast and and festival times. Mm. Yet here they ask Jesus, teach us to pray. Why? Robert. When when I always hear the story around the Lord's Prayer, besides thinking about the Lord's Prayer, I always focus on the disciples' question. Because, like, like you said, Steve, they had a very they had to have a prayer life of some sort you know they were jews they were good jews a couple of them you know um what was so special about the way jesus prayed that made them go 
teaches to pray because he had to have been praying on some different level than they had ever thought about or ever learned before. And then he gives them this, and and I, I guess, and you'll hear this when we read a little bit, especially because we're going to share a couple of versions of it, but it's not some great flowery prayer, Lord God, creator of the universe, blah, you know, all those things. You know, as, as I've said before, don't share our secret with any youth, but that's how you get teenagers to sleep on a youth trip the first night when they're not tired <laughs> as you do the long prayer. But it's not that. It is simple. It is to the point. It is... It is... It, it, it follows the KISS method so much that it is... And that's keep it simple sometimes or keep it simple stupid is sometimes mm-hmm. how it's referred. It follows that method of pr- prayer. It sets up prayer in that method so much that it, it makes it so easy for us. Was this something that, again, was this something the apostles were expecting? Uh, I, I, I or think because I, they saw Jesus go out in the morning. They, they, and, and, but, but again, in this, in this instance, he may have been just a side. Right. But were they, were they again, like the apostles tend to do, were they expecting some, oh, he's going to really tell oh, us the right I, 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 everybody. I, That's right. Yeah, That's right. I, 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 I think they were going to, I think <laughs> that, Jesus is a stone. He's the cornerstone the builder rejected, and he's the stone that makes us stumble. And I think this is just another stumbling point because he simplifies our relationship with God partly through this prayer. And I think this is one of those things that they had no clue what they were getting. You know, I I, I always, I, I, I have watched The Chosen and there's one line, it is not in the Bible anywhere, but it was a line there. And Peter says something to Jesus, and he goes, Lord, I understand, that was just really different. You know, I understand what did this. You know, it was, it was, and it was one of the times he had tweaked the Pharisees, by the way, because okay. Mike loves it when Jesus tweaks the Pharisees. Yeah, and Jesus absolutely. looked at Peter, and he goes, get used to different. <laughs> and, and I think that for the world we live in today, the message of Christianity is countercultural. Like, totally countercultural. You know, it used to be thought of that those religious people over there, they were the stiffs that nobody wanted anything to do with. Now we're totally the opposite of the culture. And I think this prayer just reveals that and helps us to understand how our faith intersects with that. Mike? I'm looking at the section from Matthew. Steve referenced two sections. That's Luke and and Matthew. And I'm going to present a little bit of preparation for Matthew's presentation, which is a little bit longer version of it. Uh, because I think I think Jesus helps set up the Lord's Prayer through what He's dealing with on the Sermon on the Mount. And this is where you find the, uh, the the Lord's Prayer in Matthew. Now, Matthew five is all about changing our attitude toward life. How do you see life? Do you see life as an opportunity to help yourself? Life is really an opportunity to help other people. So when we go into the world each day, we are to look at for an opportunity to make it better. In other words, we live for others first. We do not put ourselves first when we have the opportunity. Today's podcast, The Lord Prayer, Lord's Prayer, is a template on what we should pray. And it's going to be, of course, as Steve said, Matthew 6, 9 through 13, or Luke. Uh, I think, what, 1, one, five, one, one through, through 5? Right. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. write it in there. Okay, so, however, again, verses 1 through 8 prepare us further on how we should not pray. 
And then we're going to look at how we should pray, right, guys? <laughs> okay, Jesus tells all the people who are listening in verses 1 through 4, when you give gifts and offerings, do not showboat before everybody. Do it secretly, and your Heavenly Father will reward you openly. And when you are praying, do not pray in front of people and show off, but go home and go into your room and close the door so only your Heavenly Father can see you pray. And again, he will reward you openly when you do this. And finally, verses 7 and 8, before we get to the Lord's Prayer, pray in simple, unimpressive language. Do not repeat your requests over and over again because God hears you the first time you make the request. In fact, God knows what you need before you ever ask him. Steve? Well, let's look at the prayer. I, I'm yeah. going to read Luke 11, uh, 1 through 4 out of the New International Version. And uh, that'll be followed by uh, Robert, who'll read Matthew 6, 9 through 13, the the section from the Sermon on the Mount. But that's coming out of the message. So if if the NIV isn't simple enough for you, uh, we've even got the message here. Yes, don't don't be surprised when it doesn't match your... Your, your yeah. first words. If you're reading the Bible, Bible it's not going to match. Actually, that's what we'll talk about because this is the, of course, the <laughs> Our Father prayer, and we're all used to knowing it by rote. Uh, but here we are, Luke 11, 1 through 4. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. That that's that's it. Uh, now I know we're all familiar with the some of the longer lines. Yeah. Those do come out of Matthew, but we're going to do the uh, the message version yeah, from and, Eugene and Peterson. This is Matthew six nine through thirteen. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. Has above so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're a blazing beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Which is, amen. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, guys, for the longest time, whenever whenever I have an opportunity to pray, and and I don't think anything was meant from it, but I would go, Father God, you know, the creator of the universe, the lily of the valley, the, the bright morning star, uh, the great creator. And, and Robert's laughing because he says, we shouldn't be doing this stuff. Well, we, we don't have to. I, I, mean, I, 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 I think we can, and I think there's... There's a I, place for it, Yes. Right? right. I, I think the place for some of that kind of language in prayer is Sunday morning, in particular, if you're like our church, that we're considered low church except from Thanksgiving to Christmas because we do do Advent here, which is very unusual for Baptist churches, by the way. 
So we're more high church. that. T- so <laughs> during high church time especially, I think it's more appropriate. Uh, I, I do want to go, go through this because uh, it, uh, we, we've wiser, wiser Christians than I have talked about this Lord's Prayer being something of an outline of mm-hmm. which we mm-hmm. are invited to fill in, um, which is why it's so basic. And I do want to look at this almost, um, in this podcast, at least briefly, line by line, we, we've already talked a lot about petitions that give us this day our daily bread aspect. We can touch on this, but we will in, in, in upcoming podcasts be looking at specific prayers of forgiveness, prayers of uh, deliverance, prayers even of, of fasting and praise. So let, let's take a look at this broadly like we should have done weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wish we had thought about it and done this first. I really so, do. So, so what I'm going go to I'm gonna go to Robert and, and simply say the, 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 the prayer begins, Father, hallowed be your name. What's the significance of that juxtaposition? Your father and hallowed. And for all us people who have repeated it since youth, what does hallowed mean? Hallowed is just honor. Honor or blessed or holy, set apart. Mm -hmm. And and I think this is, out of all the words in the prayer, this is probably the most, theological of them probably anything after that's mm-hmm. not theological this, this stays in NIV yeah. interestingly yes. enough well they kind of do do pretty much modernize the other the these thous um, yeah. and the, the, tin, the syntax that yeah. one stays I, in I, I like Matthew because it says reveal or the message because mm-hmm. it says reveal who you are mm-hmm. the yeah. CEV common English mm-hmm. version I pulled it up just because I was curious it says Help us to honor your name. And, and mm-hmm. I think all of that is kind of, a, this is literally going back to, and I really wish I had thought about pulling the Greek. I got a little, I'm very busy at the office at this moment. So um, I would like to see the juxtaposition between Greek and Hebrew in this. And I'll bring back a report in three weeks when I'm bra- back on this, because I really want to know if it's Elohim, and if you're looking at it from a Hebrew perspective, is it the Elohim or is it Yahweh we're using? What is it? Is it also, Abba? Also my my bet is, oh no, he's using Abba for mm-hmm. sure. But I'm wondering if there's not a context in there. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he's well. referred to him as Father. I think that brought in, so Father and Hollywood, which you said juxtaposed the two. That's, I think yeah. they, they were, they would think that was an insult or a desecration of his name if we yeah, said they, Father they, God. They were looking for right. Elohim or Yahweh. And and really right, right. more Elohim or Jehovah mm-hmm. yes. or Jehovah Jireh or you know mm-hmm. any of that El Shaddai any of the mm-hmm. names of God Lord God yeah yes. yeah. yeah all of what mm-hmm. we yeah what we would call Lord God mm-hmm. Lord God is Yahweh Elohim mm-hmm. <laughs> Yahweh is usually translated Lord Elohim is actually translated God mm-hmm. and then you get into the like in the Psalms you hear God of Angel Armies which mm-hmm. I think that's Jehovah Jireh maybe. Mm-hmm. I remember correctly, you know, so it, it, it really, but yeah, I, you, you are correct. This is Abba for sure. Yes, if it's father, yes. it's Abba. Yeah. And, and yes, I think it totally blew them away. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. What? <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, and, um, uh, because I think guys. he, go, go ahead, I yeah. think they had heard him refer to God as my father mm-hmm. and my father in heaven before that, but maybe not when he prayed. I'm going to go 
one more line further. It's, we we sure, say, your kingdom come. Uh, what are we praying for when we say, your kingdom come? And, and of course, in, in Matthew, adds, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We just, we just get the, the, the three words in, in Luke. But uh, what, what are some thoughts that about is, that? That is, a, that is a vast question. In, in we don't have that much but time. We try to cover it here, right? Mm-hmm. Because you got Jesus who came in the flesh, representing the kingdom of the Father, right? And the mm-hmm. kingdom, he said, when he came, he says, "I came to bring the kingdom itself, or the kingdom is near." When he when he when he talked to his mm-hmm. disciples, when he talked to all the apostles, he said, "Go and preach that the kingdom of God is near." So. I think it's the whole spiritual realm of heaven, or or or, or what he represents. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know that. I try well, to look I, up that I, too. I, I and would, find I would out agree that. with you that. But I think there's also the component of of now, because I mean, even shortly after this in Luke, oh, oh no, actually in, in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, this is followed by a by by some. First of all, the 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 idea of of. Of that your needs will be met. The, the, the whole lilies of the field uh, section comes right after this. But mm-hmm. then Jesus says, but in all you do, seek first the kingdom. So so I guess it's, it's I think it goes two ways. You're praying, yes, your, your kingdom come, this grand reunification um, that, that the crucifixion made possible but is going to be completed with the second coming. May that come. But also I think may may we be agents of that of of revealing that realm revealing that that world of yours on earth today and kind of kind of so that on earth and heaven kind of cuts both ways too can, can i start my comments with what it's not okay sure <laughs> it, it's not american nationalism oh, okay. we're going to set up america as ah, a christian nation yes. mm-hmm. it, it it it's what you're saying i think steve mm-hmm. it's the that we're going to be the agents of change through not mm-hmm. political power, but through souls. Mm-hmm. That that our calling is to set up God's kingdom, and God's kingdom is not in earth. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it it it's it's no different than the disciples who were misinterpreting Jesus's mission to be <laughs> oh. He's going to set up a kingdom and slaughter the Romans. <laughs> mm, that wasn't what he had in mind, boys and girls. And it's not what he has in mind for us either. What he has in mind for us is changing people's world and changing their soul and changing the way they think and preaching the gospel of Christ. And I think that that is the, you know, your kingdom come. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. Until the end, and I, I, I think on, a, on an end, there maybe is a double prayer here. It's mm-hmm. your kingdom come right now in the hearts of men, and yes. then eventually yes. your mm-hmm. kingdom come when you mm-hmm. return. From the very beginning, um, we're told that God created man out of love, and everything he has done for us is from love, as I mentioned earlier regarding the rain falls on the just and the unjust, and the light of the he- of the sun falls on the just and the unjust. So, kingdom, I think here you reign, administer the universe with love, and you keep everything in balance. Bring your presence and love to the earth with your authority. But it's going to be spiritual, right? 
which is what you guys are saying. Mm -hmm. We are not going to see it physically until the second coming. Right. And to keep everything balanced until then, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is No Church Answers. Hey, pastors Pastors and church church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And we're back. This is podcast 271, No Church Answers. We are talking about the Lord's Prayer. Everyone who's ever grown up in any sort of Christian tradition knows this prayer by heart. Give us each day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, again, that appears in both, of course, both both Matthew and Luke. And we've talked about petitions. And in some ways, I think this takes us back to part of a discussion we had a couple of weeks ago about, you know, are 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 there any trivial prayers, or are we are we supposed to pray? For only big things. Because it's your lack of faith. Uh, yes, right. yes. Right. Uh, but, but here, 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 of course, I mean, you could argue, well, our yes. daily bread. Yes, I, I agree. Does it show a lack of faith to ask, ask mm-hmm. God for something so trivial, which he promises to give us because he mm-hmm. loves us, right? Uh, but he does like to hear us talk with him. When, mm-hmm. when he created Adam and mm-hmm. Eve, he loved to walk with them and talk mm-hmm. with them. So... Is is he is he wrong to ask us to pray for everything and ask for finite things? Again, I think that's the attitude he loves for us to worship and he loves for us to ask him for for things anywhere from the smallest mm-hmm. to the greatest that we need. I, I think it boils down to so give us this day our daily bread. By the way, that's our daily bread. And Steve, I love your comments about harkens back to the manna in the desert. You weren't mm-hmm. supposed to save it. It would go bad. You save the manna. Just God's going to give you more tomorrow. It's okay. But I think when we're asking for the other things, sometimes they're a need and a necessity. And sometimes it's you're talking about to God about your dreams. A little bit. And sometimes if you talk about your dreams enough, either they'll come true or you'll you'll kind of eventually realize. You know, think think about talking to your spouse or significant other about dreams you have. Mm-hmm and what you want to do and you know all of that eventually either you hey this is something yeah we ought to do and this is our dream or you kind of laugh about it and go god we were silly kids what were we thinking (laughs) you know but but you when you talk about those dreams and do that it's the same thing when you're praying with god because you're having a conversation you know god give us our daily bread you know give me what i need for today now let's talk about what i really let's talk about my dreams a little bit and it doesn't mean if you don't have enough faith, your dreams aren't going to happen. But I think there's, I think there's some, I think it's the attitude you're asking for it has a lot to do with it. And, you know, it's the, it's the everything in context statement here. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, you know, take the cup from me if it's your will. But if not, then I'm mm-hmm. going to take it. 
Jesus asked for the impossible at that moment. Mm-hmm. And, right, and right, right before this is a prayer, thy will be done. Yes. Uh, and so you might be asking for this in the context of that, or that's where this is being, being put in, the context of that. But we do know, I mean, and you, and you, you brought it up, Mike, um, God likes giving gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah. he's he he reward he he just you know, I'm going to even call it a reward because that provide that that implies an incentive. He gives things, mm-hmm. even even if you persist. Uh, he's he's and and we've talked about a you know a couple of months ago the the curious parable of the cranky old man, the cranky judge, not you, <laughs> 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 but the cranky judge who, who finally gave yeah, the woman yes, what she yes. wanted. Um, and and uh, but. And and we, we again, and as I mentioned uh, uh, a little while ago, in the Sermon on the Mount, this precedes the look at the lilies of the field, look at the birds of the of the air. Uh, they don't worry about it. And yet and, and then you get what what some people overlook in the whole. Well, God will give you what you need. He says, how much more important are you to God than this? God values you. God values that relationship. It isn't. It isn't something he's just, you know, lording it over everybody. Ah, da, 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 do this. He he wants that connection, and I think he loves giving you stuff. And I think he does it when you know when 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 it fits what he's trying to do. And, you have to look at totally just like mm-hmm. you said, Steve. Because if you look at the small things, mm-hmm. it'll come out negative. A thousand mm-hmm. things here, or not mm-hmm. a thousand, a hundred, hundred different things, mm-hmm. and and they and they almost look nef- negative. Like do not. Do not repeat your things before God when you're praying, but yet keep pestering him. <laughs> the judge, like you said, the crank, cranky judge, yet this is the way you pray, Jesus said, like the, the woman who came to the judge, the widow who came to the judge, and over and over and over again, but she'd come once a day, and she'd come and say, avenge me of my enemy, avenge me of my enemy. She was persistent, like you said, Steve. So the question here is, how do you know when you're overdoing it and when you're not and when you're just being persistent in a Christ-like mm-hmm. manner or a, a way that uh, that gets yes, God's sir. attention. And by the way, let me, let me say this real quick. Oh, I, I forgot to say, we were, we were uh, talking about uh, the first thing. You asked us at the first, you said, why do the apostles and Robert mentioned this too, ask Jesus for instructions on pain when they know how to pray? And, and my, my opinion is that they saw him do things. Number one, he didn't pray the prayers mm-hmm. in the same manner that the Pharisees did. They grew up seeing the Pharisees standing at the front of the church. And you all mm-hmm. pretty much said that, but I'm trying to put it in a way that, that I understand it in my mind. And, and they heard these long prayers, and they saw him pray in the corners. And then Jesus comes along and says, Father, heal Lazarus. And he does. He raised him from the dead. Or he walks up and casts out the demons with ten words things like this and he healed the the blind so they see Jesus do some awesome awesome things that they haven't seen in their entire life growing up in the synagogue right so he healed the sick he raised the dead he turned water to wine he cast out demons he taught the scriptures with knowledge and authority and I want to say simplicity here which y'all have both said and I think he's doing that I I think the knowledge and authority came from the simplicity (laughs) and I think that's why this prayer becomes so powerful yeah. Because it is simple. So they're, they're thinking, can you tell us 
what can how you have this connection with God and they think mm-hmm. he, he's going to say you spit out some magic formula well the formula he's giving here is grow close to God so far mm-hmm. right I'm, I'm but sorry I, I, but I also find something as you're talking I find something also a little poignant here on the apostles because you're right they 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 did learn how to pray in in synagogues and probably from their parents but I, I I'm looking now down through the centuries at, at your your average Christian and and even speaking from my own experience I mean we all learn from our mom and dad we kneel down That's we right. put our hands together and we go God bless mommy daddy uncle Joe Aunt Monica mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, you know and and mm-hmm. and and sometimes we get stuck there and I think I mean obviously yeah. Mono, yeah. we should we should this is one of the things I always talk a lot about this podcast transitioning out of that childhood idea of prayer and worship into an adult uh, form that we don't quite have the same examples of. We only we only know from you know from you know well, we see the pot pastor do it and oh we say oh the, ah, the pastor says a nice prayer like that I'm going to try to imitate that but he's so much more eloquent than I am I sound like an idiot um, <laughs> about that and I forgot and I forgot to mention my cousin Ethel in that prayer I forgot That's to right. this oh, and now yeah. I feel horrible am I do- and, 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 and and who in other words who whom of us have have not at least maybe in prayer cried out Lord Teach me how to do this, yeah. um, so we can see we can see a, a group of men who who grew up around this, but still aren't quite sure if they're doing it right or their prayers being heard, and yet this this very simple idea. How many times have you done something and your dad has told you, "Hey, you're making it too difficult." Yeah, <laughs> you're making it, it right too complicated. That's I work with engineers. I live that every day. Because I'm not so sure I, I still know how to do it right. Yeah. right? And that's why we talk about uh, it. I don't. <laughs> I freely admit it. Yeah. yeah. You so, know, it, 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 it's one of those, and 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 I think this. I want to. I want to go back to mm-hmm. simplicity, and I want to give mm-hmm. an example of how simple is sometimes better from American history. Edward Everett, if I remember correctly, is the name, spoke at Gettysburg at the dedication of the National Cemetery in 1863. He was the foremost speaker of his day, known to hold crowds in the palm of his hand as he waxed and waned storytelling with voice inflections and everything else. He spoke for three hours and 22 minutes, if memories. Abraham Lincoln stood up. Pretty much read kind of in his tinny, mm-hmm. Midwestern accented voice, 140 words that changed America. You know, so the Pharisees were used to the big <laughs> long prayer, of, uh, oh, yeah. and Jesus mm-hmm. comes. It, it, but it, but it, it's the impact of the small words that make the point. And and like you said, Steve, this is an outline. Mm-hmm. God is great. Bless his name. You know, let your kingdom come. He- on earth is heaven. And I think that I think that's where we get into the earthly kingdom versus the heavenly realm mm-hmm. conversation we were having. Give us what we need to stay alive. We're going to deal with the next ones next, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. Lead us not into, you know, forgive us our debts as we mm-hmm. forgive those our debtors, you know, kind of thing. You're in charge was the message version, you know. Mm-hmm. 
But let, let's well, yeah. let's go. Let's yeah. get that because this yeah. is the, the next one is kind of the one we we all remember. Give us our this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And, and it's sometimes us translated debts, trespassers or debtors. Trespa- what, whatever. It, or but essentially, other, let's, yeah. let's not get caught down on the, on the, sem- nope. the, the, the semantics. Let's just st- stick to the key, key verb yep. there, forgive. And, and the idea of, of prayer for forgiveness. Uh, the, st- the author of the study says we all need forgiveness just as we need bread. So... To see it come here is not that all all that that strange a a an order. Uh, bread feeds the body. Forgiveness nourishes the soul. But you know this is. Let's talk about the at least here. We'll, we'll, I, I promise, listeners, we we have a, uh, a a a podcast on prayers for forgiveness. But you know, let's talk a little about that at least just to scratch the surface. So, uh, can I read the CEV Common English version? Because I like it go right too. Because it's a little different. Um, Forgive us for doing wrong as we forgive others. And and I think what this prayer really re- revolves around is empathy, which is a lacking in, which is a huge thing lacking in the world today. But it, but it's asking God to forgive us our sins. And that, I just want to say trespasses and debtors because that's how a lot of people have heard it over the years. But it's mm-hmm. also calling us, hey, guess what? God, forgive me for you know, thinking those bad thoughts and God forgive me for doing that. You know, it, it, it's the, it's the rich man who forgave the debt for the guy of a million dollars, but the guy's ready to string up the guy who owes him a thousand. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like this scripture. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. No, I tell you what, no, go ahead, go ahead, Robert. Finish what you're saying. You're saying honestly, uh, you want to talk about countercultural? This is pray for your enemies. This mm-hmm. is, yeah. you know, turn the other cheek, you know, mm-hmm. although I, I do tend to agree with the familial mm-hmm. quote that's not in the Bible anywhere. Turn the other cheek, you know, you get slapped once, you turn the other cheek, slap him again, then you can punch the guy out because I have no further instructions. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 I did th- but, there's, but there is this, you know, how often do you forgive somebody? Seven times? No, 70 times seven. And that's a, not a literal number. That is a that is a figure. That is a figure. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's not, a big number. You don't. You don't. You don't. Four hundred ninety times. Um, yeah. But but uh, so that's what this boils but, down yeah, to. But it's about. I, we said. I said. God loves to give us gifts. God. God has always valued penitence and humility, uh, and. This you know, picking up on this countercultural thing. We don't like this. We don't think. Humans don't think they have to submit themselves to anything, anybody. It's me. Or her. I mean, this is this is the true. This is the. This is a stumbling block to a lot of people to getting through Christianity. Why do I have to be forgiven? Turn I, I haven't podcast. done anything. I haven't. I haven't done anything really. Except, you know, I I did. You know, cheat a little on my expense report. I did. I didn't say that. I did whatever. But but no, everybody does that. That's the problem. Every everybody needs forgiveness. Uh, I mean, need need we? I have a note. Need we look any further than Psalm fifty-one, David's Psalm of of penitence, of of true sorrow for what he did in the whole Bathsheba uh, affair? Uh, he, yet he remained. He st- he was not cast out by God. But there there is a prayer for forgiveness. I think that is that is as pointed or as as 
as, as good an example as any anything. And there are plenty more psalms about this. And because essentially this is this is what God does. I mean, this this forgiveness is part of the process. And not only are we asking for forgiveness, we kind of almost it follows as we like it's automatic. We, we forgive us our sins just like we're already out there doing it with other people. It's not, it's not, there, there's notice, there's, there's, in a minute, he goes, deliver us from temptation, but there's no, this I is praise, not a pray, quid help, pro me, quo. help me pray for, you know, for forgiveness or forgive that, he doesn't say, or forgive that guy on my behalf. That, this is not a <laughs> quid yeah, pro quo. Yeah, I want to but No, he doesn't deserve it. Hear what I'm saying. This is okay. not a quid pro quo in yes. either direction. Mm-hmm. No. God, we're asking God to forgive us our sins. Oh, by the way, you're supposed to forgive those guys too. And it, as it, as you said, Steve, it is an assumption that you're forgiving people because you are forgiven. And and I think that's one of the two countercultural. Now is that is that something also the apostles would have been scratching their heads about? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it, how about this? I guarantee there's one apostle and I think it was not not Iscariot, but the uh zealot one. There was Simon one who was the zealot. Simon, Simon the zealot. Yeah, I always forget what his first name <laughs> is. Simon the zealot. I guarantee you Simon the zealot was going <laughs> Time out! <laughs> I signed up to uh, yeah, I, I and I for, an eye for an eye and a tooth for yeah. tooth. and, and I signed up for that. Yeah. What do you mean I got to forgive these people? <laughs> well, the, the, the thing here, going back to this, he says, "Forgive our our debts as we forgive our debtors, or forgive our sins as we mm-hmm. forgive those who have mm-hmm. sinned against us." Folks, it doesn't. The, the point here that's so hard to understand for me was that I forgive somebody whether they ask me or not. I have to. And then he says, as we forgive our debtors. So mm-hmm. if I don't forgive them, then then I'm not forgiven. And verse 14 in Matthew says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And if you do not forgive men their <laughs> trespasses, you're in trouble, buddy. <laughs> Neither will your heavenly Father mm-hmm. forgive your trespasses. And the guys, what you guys are saying over and over again here, folks, is that Jesus was sent to earth to die for our sins while we were yet sinners, mm-hmm. while we were in our sin, while we were committed to hell, while we were destined for hell. He sent us because he loved us so much. It's that simple, but that's mm-hmm. hard to understand. So we put it in terms that that uh, that that I don't like mm-hmm. because I didn't want to forgive somebody who wronged me. I mean, mm-hmm. it, no, nobody. But it, I could give I could forgive ninety nine percent of them, but that other one percent I'd want. You to you don't even wrong. feel it's fair to do that. Yes. that's that's yes. that's what's that's I mean, and 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 oh well, I I can't forgive that. You know, and 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 there are there are people do heinous things. Yes, but we're 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 called on to forgive. Well, we'll talk more about that in upcoming. Uh, yeah, I, I do want to cover finally the last thing because it's a difficult line. It always causes conniptions among the theologians. Uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Especially the lead us not into temptation, because Jesus is saying we are to ask God not to lead us to temptation. But later on in the Bible, James, James one thirteen says, "Well, God doesn't lead us into temptation, and it's our own brokenness that does." So, so. But Without getting too much into Jesus that, into but but what are we praying for there? I mean, what are we praying for when, I mean, beyond obviously the, the literal, you know, we don't keep us away. 
it, from temptation. But what are we? What's what's the what's the underlying request? It, 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 don't put us through a trial if you don't have mm-hmm. to. It, it's a it's a <laughs> it's a flaky translation. Is my theory on it? <laughs> because 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 <laughs> I, I I like I like the message version mm-hmm. of it, which is you know keep us from ourselves and the devil. The CEV mm-hmm. version, common English version. Yeah. Keep us from being tempted and protect us from mm-hmm. evil, and and I think it's a, as you said, Steve, it's a plea to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to keep us from keep keep our mind focused on Jesus, mm-hmm. Be, because he, he, here's what I found in my personal life. If I'm walking close with God, it's easy for me to recognize mm, that's mm-hmm. not a good path to head down. When I'm not walking close with God. I don't recognize those things so easily. Let's just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, and I'm going to go back. Yeah. I, I think, Michael, that, that temptations and trials are two different things. Yeah. Uh, a trial, God may send our way. God may not send our way. But maybe if God sends us a trial, we ask, let me get through it. Help me get through it. Because I'll t- this, is, this is how I see the difference. A trial might be problems in your marriage. You're not, things just aren't going well. It's a, it's a bumpy stretch or you're having arguments. You're not talking. Doors are being slammed. Um, and then the temptation might be, as you put it, I'm going to go down to dream girls and, 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 and drown my sorrows there. That, that would be the temptation. And that would be what we would not be want to let into. The, the, probably the right way is to, again, perhaps forgive and seek reconciliation uh, the hard stuff, the hard stuff, and and uh, um, that's that's where I see the difference between trial and temptation. Trials are not necessarily bad, or do not necessarily are create uh, or, or or are, are occasions of sin. Uh, our own brokenness can lead us astray. In the brokenness and, in the broken world we live in, and I think I think this this appeal is is to. To actually a prayer to the Holy Spirit, keep keep yep. me on the righteous path, because I'm going to have trouble. I I'm I'm teetering <laughs> right now, and and I need I need your I need a hand. I think uh, lead us not to temptation. You know, lead us to temptation unless it's your plan for us. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, well, I don't think God plans to put you in. I don't, I don't think I don't think God says I'm going to put some temptations in your path. Your temp- I think maybe if you like That's to put the it, accuser. if you think the accuser, Satan may do that. Okay, me. okay, I interrupt. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I'm, I'm tempted. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no. What are you? No, the, the problem, I think I think you're absolutely correct. Both of you are correct. I think temptation there are used synonymously with trial because mm-hmm. Jesus was led into the wilderness to mm-hmm. be tempted to the devil, mm-hmm. but it wasn't for tip temptation in a bad way it was for a trial Mm -hmm. to increase his faith and to Mm -hmm. to draw him closer to God so Mm -hmm. yes trials are to increase our faith and sometimes those words are switched back and forth and temptation Mm -hmm. is used instead of trial like you said Mm -hmm. Steve I think what they're meaning here is trial and that's simply Lord don't lead me into a trial unless it's your plan for me (laughs) because I have enough Mm -hmm. problems trying to control my own fleshly desires Mm -hmm. without facing the additional struggle provided (laughs) when I'm tempted right (laughs) so so that's pretty much what I say yeah that's why I said yeah I was going someplace with this word temptation Mm -hmm. that simply is trial I think it's interchangeable with uh, trial sometimes Mm -hmm. and trials are for our benefit like James says in Mm -hmm. one through four 
And, well, this isn't exactly a trial or a temptation, but we're going to have a brief break, but we'll be right back with some takeaways. This is Podcast 271, No Church Answers. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. To finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA Channel 16.5. To make a tax-deductible contribution and learn more details, please look us up on GoFundMe.com under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men or donate directly through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. Thank you so much for your support. And now back to the fellas of Man Up. And we're back. Uh, We're going to wrap things up. We've been discussing the Lord's Prayer. Uh, We've been going through it. We're going to come back to some of these uh, some of these uh, aspects uh, and go a little deeper in some upcoming podcasts. But for now, uh, I'll go to I'll go start with Robert. What's what's some what are some takeaways in general from from the Lord's Prayer, both 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 either from Luke and Matthew? Keep it simple. It, it, it's really this, as you said, Steve, this is a great outline for prayer. And, and it really tells us that there is a time and, and we talked about go listen to our podcast on public praying. There's a time maybe for the more f- precise language, we'll say. I'll say flowery is kind of out there, but precise, I think, is a better way to put it. But when you're, and I, I think when the disciples were asking this, they literally were asking, teach me to pray private. Teach me to pray to God, not like in front of people, but mm-hmm. teach me to really pray, to communicate with God. And so when you're, in your prayer closet, in your prayer time, in your devotion time, exercising that face muscle, then it really is faith muscle. I can't talk that well today. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is all about simple and conversation with God. Mike. Yeah. Uh, folks, I'm going to cheat again every <laughs> once in a while. I cheat. Uh, I, I'm looking at a, uh, a paragraph from from our um, uh, lesson plan or lesson book uh, called Connect 360 and Prayer. And this is, by the way, the, um, the Lord's Prayer was taken from Lesson 11, if in fact you have one of those books. And uh, I'm going to read a paragraph from the, the, the author wrote, and it, it, it kind of summarizes what we've been talking about so far. And it says, The prayer Jesus taught his disciples has become the most famous prayer in Scripture. And, of course, it's known as the Lord's Prayer. Countless believers over the past 2,000 years have uttered its words all over the world. Young and old people in prisons, people on their deathbeds, people who desperately need are in desperately need of forgiveness and provision, people lost for words and unable to formulate their own prayer. It's remarkable in its simplicity, yet powerful in its truth. It offers a way to approach God with humble dependence and yet 
expectation because God is a good father. The wisest theologian and the youngest child can follow its pattern to draw themselves closer to the heart of God. All that is required is to go to God in honesty and earnestness, and he will answer your prayer. And I want to repeat what Robert said earlier, and, and I want to say this. Prayer should be simple. And Robert said, remember the word kiss, kept, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. And folks, that's what I Believe it or not, I learned that this morning. And I've been a Christian since I was 21 years old. And uh, I, I thought I was supposed to impress press God with what I said to him. But anyway, Steve? Yeah, well, kind of the whole paradox here of Jesus, uh, a very simple set of words yet in their own way very complex and we can bring very much to them through our own communion with the holy spirit uh i want to thank our panel robert koshu the professor michael cropper the judge bill cox our director hope he's doing okay out there and we send our prayers and best wishes for healing for his wife beverly i'm steve titch our podcasts are available on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and for more information about us or for booking us for a live show and supporting the man up spiritual oasis mission be sure to visit our website at nochurchanswers.com and don't simply begin and end your faith walk with us be an active part of a local bible-based church pastors paid staff can do everything Churches need conscientious, principled, principled, spirit-led leaders from out of their congregation. So there's no reason it can't be you. This has been No Church Answers. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content.